people-pleasing is rooted in fear and is focused on earning love. Genuine love casts out fear. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HEAL. Today, I'm sitting with Suzanne Kulberg, who is an author and a coach who helps people pleasers set boundaries. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on last minute. Just so everyone knows, I asked uh, her to come on very last minute and she totally came through for me. So thank you. I appreciate it. You are most welcome. <laughs> I'd love to hear about your story because in the notes that you sent to me, you mentioned about being um, a martyr turned healer. Was that referring to you and your life story? Oh, yes. I actually, I have literally written the book. Oh my God. It's called <laughs> The Beginning is Shit. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. funny because it's it's what I call my first memoir. <laughs> There's going to be more coming. This is my wait. So is this like story. a trilogy? Is this a trilogy? The beginning is well, shit. Well, I'm thinking so. Oh, yeah, actually, middle... it's interesting. They're all going to start from the beginning. So basically, do you know? I think everyone knows now. Glennon Doyle. Yeah. I absolutely love her, and I followed her since she wrote her first book, Carry On Warrior. Then yeah. she wrote Love Warrior, and then she wrote Untamed, and became famous, most famous for Untamed, Untamed I should say. Yeah. But I've, I'm like, I'm an OG. I was with her from the beginning. But I love how. <laughs> No one They're knows you face... like I know you, Glennon Doyle. Right? <laughs> yeah, it feels really creepy. If I, you know, if you ever meet somebody someday, it's like I know you. It's like, Ugh. anywho, <laughs> I um, I love how each of her stories is kind of a memoir. Like yeah, the first yeah. one about her um eating disorder and alcohol, and the second one about the the breakdown of her marriage, and the third anyway. So it wasn't kind of inspired by Glenn Doyle because that sounds creepy, but co- coincidentally. <laughs> I wrote my first book about my weight loss journey um, and then my second one will be about my business journey and then the third one will be about my parenting journey. <laughs> I love that. And what's really fun about that, I think, is that um, you start to write it and you start to put pieces together and then I bet there's a whole section that you could briefly touch upon and then create a whole new book about you know oh a hundred percent because the thing is every like when you go to write well me personally I don't want to become a tome like so each part is a sliver and it's funny some of the people who've read it who've known me who've who talked about the bits I've skipped over and I'm like dude or do that (laughs) whatever (laughs) I I, you know a it becomes repetitive and B, like that doesn't keep within the flow. Like writing a book taught me, there's a whole difference between being an avid reader, which I am, yeah. and an author. Like you think, oh, I could do that. It's like anything. You see it and you like it and you think, oh, but then you get on it. I'm thinking unicycle. Also, um, Suzanne, it's about <laughs> your life. So, you, you know, it's one thing about, right? Uh, it's one thing when you're creating a story from fiction, you know, and it's like you can make up anything that you want. It's it's you're writing about your life and you want to be as truthful to the story as possible. Oh, it felt so like difficult. cutting open my emotional wounds and bleeding emotions everywhere. It was very yeah. difficult to write. I made the decision eventually to, uh, except for my husband and my children and myself, 
everybody else has a pseudonym. Like I changed, even my sisters, I didn't give anybody their actual names um, because I just didn't want to, you know, go down that path. But also too, with the story, it's your interpretation of events. So it's kind of like, I never, some people may appear as villains in my story, but they Mm -hmm. are not villains. So yeah. it's well, you know, like... again, it's your perspective on your life and your history. You know, if I were to write a story about my um about growing up, and this is common knowledge, so I don't think that I'm breaking any not I don't think I'm being mean or inaccurate. However, my one of my sisters, I'm the youngest of eight, and I we always laugh about how our mothers were two different people. <laughs> I mean, it's the same person, but we grew up with two different versions of her. Um, and she was only three years older than me. So it's interesting how just in the three years difference, we had different, a different mother. Um, and so our perceptions are, if she were to write a book, it might just be joyous and happy and wonderful for the most part. And my story might not be so wonderful. So yeah. And only three years. Well, my, you my know? older sister is 17 years older than me. Yeah, And it's funny in today's how we make interpretations like people are like oh you have different a different mom or a different dad and it's like yeah, no, no, our right. parents are together still <laughs> 50 odd years later yeah, yeah. um but it, it, I had never thought about it in the way that you just framed it but yeah it is like two different things and also too yeah. she's the oldest the first child you don't really know what you're doing <laughs> not saying you do oh, know yeah, what you're doing excuse me fourth, you don't know what but... you're doing you don't know what you're doing with any of them you think you do because you thought you learned from the first one but you didn't because every the... kid is different and there's been you know examples and things in the lifetime that one of us has brought up because I've got three sisters so there's four of us and we've all had a different interpretation or different memory yeah. of it and it's fascinating yeah. because you know and also too it depends on where you are in your own life and what you have going yeah. on like something today that wouldn't bother me at all on another day could literally be the straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> yep mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah it's And we also internalize things differently too, based on our experiences and our inner dialogue. So if, if someone were to say um, something to your sister, it sounds kind of mean, you might, if they said that to you, you might take it very personally. You might, I don't know, internalize it and listen to it for the rest of your life. Those, you know, negative that negative yes. talk and then your sister might be like yeah whatever who cares <laughs> but it also too depends on the filter that you have going on so I still have a trigger or an activation I don't like the term trigger it's I know yeah, triggers anyway. overly used however it yes. you know what it means when people say it so yes how, yeah like what did you just say activation activation maybe like a reactivation reactivation it's being brought to my awareness to yeah. me I like to think that I'm ready to work through it Yes. So I still have a reactivation around weight. If somebody says something about my weight, but if anybody said anything about my hair or my intelligence or anything else, things that aren't, you know, triggers or activations for me, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But, you know, so I think sometimes we forget that somebody might be really sensitive about something yeah. and we make a comment in passing and to right. them, they take it on board. Whereas to us, and it's you just, just don't an observation. Know, you know, it's really, yeah, it's really important to be sensitive to your words, um, especially when you don't know people very well. It's very important. Um, it's important in general. However, like when we when we were talking before we started recording, I said we both look fabulous, and then you know, 
I didn't even think twice about saying how fabulous we look. <laughs> but yeah. that I love, been... Actually, I noticed that you, I did make mental note, you're like, no one's to see how fabulous we look. And I loved that because I was, <laughs> I was on a different podcast. I ended up making a reel about it because I turned up and she's like, oh, thank goodness. I did. I thought I'd, um, you didn't waste your time getting camera ready or something because this is audio only. And I was like, wait a minute, did she just say that with no solicitation? Like you didn't? Mm, She just literally said it like that. And I was like, my hair is brushed. My shirt is clean. I'm camera ready. (laughs) I guess that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you just don't know, right? Yeah. You just don't know because. And I was like, you don't realize I think we both look fabulous right now. Offended me. (laughs) But then again, as I said, I'm not easily offended. I was like, it's just, it's so funny because I was, I was at a conference virtual, like I'm the world's biggest hermit. It's funny. I'm, I'm highly sensitive, socially awkward introvert. People are like, oh my God, online I shine. Cause then at the end I can shut my laptop lid and live my merry life in my house. That's right. But anyway, we're talking about going to in-person events yes. and you know, the style. And I'm like, I am no different in person yeah. than I am online. And people are like, oh, but you you should. And I'm like, no, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> if Why I have an extra hour. Yeah. Instead, like, and, and also too, it's not knocking people who love to do their makeup and nails right. and whatever. If that's in your pleasure, go for it. <laughs> but you for me, what? if I get an extra hour, I want to read my book. Fun fact about me, I don't really know how to put on makeup. So neither do I. I've had makeup on twice in my life, my wedding and my graduation. That was I've it. Had, oh, I try. I try a lot. It just doesn't look very good. And, uh, you know, I don't know. But I'm not worried about it. I don't care. It is what it is. Yeah, but the thing is, I think that's, I think sometimes too, when we, gorgeous, when we make an observation or something, like that lady obviously wasn't trying to be rude. She, that's her way. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, but in, but what I'm trying to say is when I say that I'd rather an hour to read my book or something, some people could interpret that as I'm anti-makeup or anti this. No, you do you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if you want to do that, wonderful lived by the you do you and I'll do me uh, motto that would be great yeah but I think it's I think it belies a deeper sense of insecurity mm-hmm. because if we're doing this thing because it's socially acceptable because that's what we expected but inside we don't really want to do it but then they're not doing it how dare they yeah. <laughs> how dare she turn up in her sneakers and her clean face and her ridiculous t-shirt I'm known for slogans yeah um, I would love to and... know more about that too but I need to get back to the martyr part I want oh, to know yeah, why we, you were such totally a martyr track. <laughs> don't worry well, I know how to pull people back into the conversation <laughs> um so I'm the youngest of four yes and I was the surprise that's the you know like it's funny also words some people yeah. would say the mistake or the accident. And it's like, yeah. that could Oops. be quite offensive. Yeah. I like surprise. Um, and my sisters are all significantly older than me. My oldest was 17 and then 14 and then 10 when I was born. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like, they, they, my family was kind of established. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. they had their routine. Yeah. And then here I come. And so like, I don't want to sound judgy or blamey, but I was kind of... <laughs> the afterthought in in many ways. So I kind of grew up with the martyring tendencies to kind of like earn my place, like to, you know, and it's it's interesting because I have two children of my own and I can see it a lot in my youngest son. Um, 
and there's only two of them and it's like oh how much of it is nature and nurturing i could go on a whole I wonder, side but, but with remember that. we talked about your your lens that you see things things through you obviously see your life through your lens and so you're yes. seeing your youngest and maybe you're just hypersensitive to it because you know that oh, yeah same way so anywho they'll like to say i just i learned to put my needs aside and yeah. you know really really please like I remember my sister saying and once again if you if any of you listen to this sometimes I listen to my stuff and I get messages <laughs> it's not meant to be a judgment this is through my lens yeah but they'd be like if you you know wipe the dishes then I'll play Monopoly with you or something Condition. and then I'll do it yep. and then there they'd be like oh you didn't, all of your relationships. you didn't do it fast enough like it's yep. bedtime oh. now or oh. you know so um or, or they'd be like I'll tell mum and dad you go do this to make up for it and like you know kids stuff technically I'm like you guys are older you should have known <laughs> but then we all go through that sometimes I notice that with my own children I'm like oh as soon as shut that thought down when anyway so I grew up learning to put my needs aside to please everybody else to kind of like win them yeah yeah <laughs> and and when I was older and I found personal development and coaching and stuff, I came across a few authors and coaches who talk about archetypes. Yep. And what I loved about this is an archetype is a pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not you because those people who talk about, you know, inner childs and parts, and I'm not knocking any of those things, but to me, inner child only happens when I'm pregnant, <laughs> like a literal inner child. Um, <laughs> what I liked about the archetypes frame is it's a pattern of behavior. Yeah. So it's not part of you. It's not something that you have to claim or own or like, Oh, this, you know, and I was like, Oh, so when I heard about like the martyr as an archetype um, and then I did a lot of stuff about shadow and, and shadow work and everything. But yeah. what I personally didn't like about that lens of looking at things was we're always trying to like abolish it or, or yeah. make it no, wrong. No, I think there's definitely a new trend about working with your shadow these days and like accepting mm. it as part of who you are. Um, and also the inner child stuff, I think is is fabulous work for someone who's, I mean, everyone goes through some childhood trauma of one extent to another. And I think that the inner child work is really, really beneficial for those who didn't get that basic need of, you know, nurturing, acceptance, unconditional love, um, play, you know, like. Oh, 100%. Business. And I think with all this, it's to say, find the thing that resonates for That's you. Right. right. Um, and, shift, I, I, and shift and pick and you can pick and choose. Pick I think, and choose like a pick any and mix. Of <laughs> any of it. Little inner child over here, a lot of shadow work over there. You know, like it just depends yes. on what's happening. Well, the other thing too, the actual, I don't know, maybe because I'm so literal, like, but the concept of the inner child for me doesn't resonate. But what does is if I have a reactivation, because that's what we've called it now, yeah, that's something I say it. to myself is, <laughs> how old am I? Yes. Because the thing is, Suzanne, who's 38, would be like, what? That's nothing. But Suzanne, so you're six, inadvertently doing inner child work. Yeah, by... but I'm not calling it an yeah. inner child. So, yeah, but you're, you're saying, <laughs> okay. How old am I? Because I should not be reacting this way. Correct. Yes. So yes. I it's a part not... of me, but it's not. But it's the same sort of thing, though. But yeah. maybe it's a pattern of behavior rather than. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But it's this. It is, is a trigger. A trigger is a pattern of behavior. It's a response to something to it to an event. 
Um, mm. And you're always responding to the past. You're never responding to what's just happened. It's always something from the past. So that's why it's yes. a trigger. It just you triggers that feeling of the last time you weren't heard, the last time you yes. met, the last time you had un, um, you know, um, yeah, unmet needs or shamed or guilted or whatever, yes. all of that. Yeah. So it's just a remember, you're remembering it, but you're not remembering that event unless you stop yourself and say, why am I so angry about this right now? And that's like what you're doing by saying, all right, how old am I? You know? Yes. And then another thing that I have learned to do. So how old am I? Like, you know, I'm six. So that pattern of behavior or that six-year-old part of me is like frozen in time. So as I said, I don't resonate necessarily inner with inner work. child but i am I'm doing sorry it to break, i'm so but sorry then i am um, <laughs> oh no no but it's funny like, it's I think this it. is important for it. anybody listening yeah do it your way like when yes. i say you do you that's because right sometimes that's we get doing. so stuck on i love it you know and, and i think for anybody's healing work or healing journey if you're anything like me who is like an a plus kind of teacher's pet kind of student <laughs> if i learned you do it this way these are the steps and then I don't do it exactly this way. I feel like a rebellious teenager. <laughs> and is, so that it's good? Like, do... is that a good thing? Well, it could be, but it, yeah, it's, yeah. But if it's the way that works for you, because I don't know. And then perfectionist is a whole other archetype we can talk about or procrastinator. But anyway, sorry, we're, we're on the martyr and to the healer. So anyway, long story short, every archetype that has the shadow or the, the thing aspect would also have light attributes so for a martyr the light you know when you the, the lighter aspect is the healer because you are aware of everybody's needs and you are very compassionate and um and I think you know the same with procrastinator is another one that I feel I'm famous for you have discernment it's just don't let that discernment stop you from taking action. So all of this is to say, sometimes when I first came across personal development and people were talking about shadows and inner children, to me, and I don't mean to offend anyway, but to me, it seemed like a lot of people who didn't really want to take any action, blaming yeah. past stuff, yes, and then kind of just getting stuck. And I was like, well, this, you know, this is not helpful. <laughs> yeah, and I think the second half, I could be wrong here because I. I, I probably need inner child work, but the second half of that is, uh, is like reparenting your, your child self and, and giving yourself the love that you needed, the unconditional compassion, love, support, and giving it to yourself. So in my mind, that second half is that part where we take action and we re and you reparent and you do the things that you missed out on and you make sure you say you feel safe, you know? Yes, um, and I love how you say reparenting because the other thing too is I'd heard that before and initially that to me feels because I'm like I I don't want not that my parents would know it's not like I ring them up and go guess what I'm reparenting <laughs> but like I wouldn't want them to feel that they didn't do the best they could they did so and that's like, exactly the problem they did the best that they could <laughs> yeah but it's all it's all fascinating because sometimes when we we can look at things that didn't turn out how we hoped and you know as you said reparent or repattern or whatever it, it's it's holding two truths mm -hmm. like all the time and the other thing too for reparenting or parenting yourself because I used to weigh twice what I did now and I was a terrible overeater binge eater I've parented my kids all day I don't have anything left for me That's right. <laughs> hence mm -hmm. overeating so mm -hmm. I think sometimes you know we have these tendencies and skills and compassion that we apply to everybody else in our lives that's the martyr yep. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. The, so there are people out there too who are still martyrs and healers, consider themselves healers, which is fine. But they're like this wounded healer that walks around and is like, oh, mm, you know, all, I, I wish people could see my face all the time while they're helping others. And that to me is a martyr. A wounded yes. healer is a martyr. And I don't know if it, that's right, but it feels right to me. Yeah, Chiron is the the wounded healer. That was the the centaur who had the injury and he could help heal everybody else but not himself. Well, so did he, he walk around the... with that face on that I just made? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's interesting how sometimes we we don't and this is the martyr tendency, we don't allow ourselves into the circle of care. And how I describe it for people who still, you know, kind of I get it but I don't get it. Imagine it's raining like it's raining heavily i uh didn't say the australian ism in case you guys are like what what is it <laughs> i'll just do it now in australia we say it's pissing down oh so i have <laughs> i have one australian listener hey nancy shout out to nancy <laughs> so, so it's pissing down with rain so that you means haven't... around here if you say like a pissing of something i think it means we're drunk or something oh well that's a piss I'm up pissed. <laughs> so pissed. raining is pissing down yes. drunk is a piss up there we go. You learned some oh, Australian today. so up for drinking, <laughs> down for rain. Yeah. And then, and we also say pissed off. Oh um, yeah. That's like angry. Yes. <laughs> Any other pisses? Anyone? <laughs> I have to think about that now. Feel free to yes. email me at Talk to Heal podcast. I'm just kidding. Yes. With any other pissed things that we can put in the podcast notes. <laughs> so anywho. If it's raining heavily, pissing yes. down, and you have yes. an umbrella and yes. a group of people and you're holding that umbrella out so they all stay dry, mm-hmm. but you are getting wet <laughs> and your arm is getting sore because you yes. have your arm extended, making sure everyone else is okay, that's the classic martyr. But it's like, actually, if I hold my arm in close to my body, not only does my arm not get sore, but I get covered by this amazing umbrella too. Yeah. And then it's the, like, oh, but some people at the periphery might get wet. But it's like, guess what? They're in their own thing to get their own umbrella. Like ourselves first. Get their own umbrella and keep (laughs) themselves dry. Uh, But the other part about the martyr, and you didn't add this part, it it has to do with the face I made earlier, is that they might be holding that umbrella out and being like, oh, I'm just getting so wet, but it's okay. You guys are dry. That's the part of the martyr that drives me crazy. (laughs) Oh, well, the thing is, it's kind of so... I work a lot with, you know, what I call overgivers. I say yes. people pleasers because people understand that so more, so much yeah. more. Um, and people are like, well, I'm not an overgiver. I'm just generous. And I'm like, the difference between overgiving and generosity is generous. And I'm like, hey, Elizabeth, Liz, have you heard of this? Like, I think it's awesome. And you'll, and then I go about my merry way. <laughs> no. Generous, suggesting a resource or whatever. Overgiving is, have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? And then like taking credit and then putting our our ourselves self-worth onto whether that person has success like a real projection thing and then or doing things like I offered you this thing because I hoped you would do something for me like it's it's funny I was having this like with my own coach she sent me this challenge I'll, I'll, I'll share it each day I have to give away some money for a month not, it doesn't matter how much, mm-hmm. but just some money because she's like, Suzanne, you struggle to receive. And I laugh because over giving and receiving, giving and receiving are paired states, like inhaling and exhaling, can't have one without the other. And I'm like, I've done so much work on this. I'm like really good at receiving now. And she's like, are you? Oh my I God, have. you sound like me. 
<laughs> I found it fascinating that the challenge to for me to work out my receiving was to give. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Anyway, I rolled with it. So the first day I donated $20 to a friend who's raising money for mental health awareness. She's doing some walk or one of those challenges. Yep. And I was like, you know, but as I sat there, I was like, it's not enough. Like she's going to think I'm scabby, you know? And so you know, she coaches... doesn't know that you have to give away money every day. <laughs> well, you know, well, I've been planning to anyway. So it was interesting. Anyway, the second day, which was yesterday, I just PayPal'd my friend $20. Oh, nice. And anyway, she sent it back. And I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? Um, and I said to her and she's like, oh, no, I, um, I, can't, I can't accept that. But then when I sat with it, I thought I would have done the same thing. Like if somebody just randomly gave me money, I would have sent it back. So I journaled on that. It's like, what is it about this? And I was like, because I would feel indebted. I know what it is. I know what it is, Suzanne. Oh, tell me. <laughs> I have the same problem. And what I've narrowed it down to, because I constantly wonder, why do I do things? Why do I feel that way? You know, we talked about that earlier. And so I know that the reason why I can't receive very well is that I grew up in a household where if I didn't, wasn't doing something for the, if I didn't serve a purpose for the parent, then I was not, I didn't, I was not deserving of their love. So every relationship in my life had a condition on it. I had to do something for them in order for them to like me or to whatever. So I have such a hard time receiving anything, even payment for my services. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I have a little bit of a tickle in my throat. Um, And I know that I deserve that payment for that service, for my time, my expertise, for my training, for the help that I'm giving. However, if I'm not, if I didn't do that for them for free, then they won't come back. And that's just ridiculous. Now, this might not be you and I might be totally. No, no, no. And I think it's so funny because giving and receiving a paired so overgiving, for me, like in my way of looking, this is the work that I do, is paired with overconsuming, because when oh, yeah. we, you can't have one without the other. And I think, you know, for me, that was my tendency to overeat. And right now I'm, I still have my moments, <laughs> but it's like, what do I overconsume? Like I might overconsume trainings or I might overconsume, um, you know, or, or I might overwork, like, you know, that's my yeah. over, yeah. um, and I think a lot of us who are, who are yo-yo dieters, when we lose weight for a bit and then we don't, it's we're not addressing that over behavior. We're just transferring it to over-exercising or over-prepping or over. Yeah. So anyway, it was just, it's really interesting because it's like there's so many layers to these things. Yes. And I love, you know, your podcast is Heal. <laughs> and I loved in the, when I read the description when I um, first, you were looking for somebody to come on because in the program I teach, one of the modules is... Um, Heal, how do I call it? <laughs> it's early in the morning. I but, know. Um, oh, no, it's feel. It's feel to heal, yes. not to fix. Yes. Because I think so often we're like, oh, I overeat, I need to fix this. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, but everything we do has some sort of wisdom or or we wouldn't do it. But yeah. we're so society conditions, eat less, move more, do, you know. And it's like, what is it? What is the inner wisdom or what's the, the deeper knowledge in this? Right. And I think for many of us who are, unable to receive or or struggle to receive 
we receive from ourselves by like, you know, eating or watching, scrolling. Um, and then we beat ourselves up for that that's right. because it's not a, it's not a nourishing way to receive. It's not, <laughs> yeah. It's considered, you know, a lot of bad things to do those things. I've actually in the past year realized it's really important for me to sit and not do because I've always been a doer trying to avoid all yes. the other things, you know, the emotional stuff. And I resigned. For, I, well, I took a year off of teaching and in that one year from September to April, I wasn't teaching because I was officially on my year off. Uh, I, I didn't do much. And I was sitting around my house thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? And for, I'm almost 53. So for, I don't know, 45 years of my life, as long as I can remember, I was always working and doing um, whether it was three jobs and then I had my daughter when I was young and then I was having had her and working the three jobs then and just constantly going and not worth anything unless I'm doing, um, yes. yeah, it was a lot to, to take in last year. Um, it was like, almost like an identity crisis. And I think, I think, I don't know why I started talking about that, but it was like the feeling of, of, of sitting around and not doing. And I started to really wonder what was wrong with me until I realized you need that time. Like you're decompressing from 45 years of. <laughs> yeah. Of shit, well, the thing you is know? too, yeah, like, like there's it's... activities, which is doing, mm-hmm. and then there's receptivities, which is like receiving. And if we are always doing, mm-hmm. then we are literally unavailable, not open to receive. And that because... receive means a lot of re- different meanings. It has a lot of different meanings. Yeah. And like, and in society, we praise active states, working, mm-hmm. cleaning, you know, doing for others, but passive states like, you know, reading a book, sitting in the sun, meditating, journaling. Oh, well, that's not producing. It's like, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's not and, produ- you know, and people kind of around here at least are like, oh, it must be nice to be able to sit around and do nothing. And it's like, but yeah, well, I've realized. It's so funny. When I hear that, it must be nice. Yeah. And my martyr archetype is strong. I will immediately get into justifying mode. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, when I'm in a healthier place and someone says, you know what I respond to them with? It is. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. And it really puts them off because it they're is. like, yeah, thank oh. you. You know, it is. Because the other thing too, I work, um, online as i said i'm in australia a lot of my clients are in the us or the uk so us people is early morning for us and uk people is the evening for us i was working all day so i'd work in the morning with us clients drop the kids at school do all my behind the scenes email writing video recording and then in the evening and then i was like where's my downtime like my parents traditionally worked a nine to five and then would sit in front of the couch and watch tv all evening I didn't have that so now I work in the morning I drop my kids at school during the day I do nothing as in watch a movie whatever it's fabulous and in the evening I work again once the kids are in bed and it suits me I love it and um yeah and then people say it must be nice and now I'm like yeah it is it's unbelievable (laughs) don't you wish you could do that you know? Or lucky for some is another one in which yeah. I'm like, sometimes it depends on the person. If it's somebody who I'm like, think it's just being cheeky or sarcastic, I'm like, yeah, I'm blessed. But if it's somebody yeah. who I think maybe is ready to make that switch, then I'm like, I create my own luck and we start a whole conversation because that. yeah, 
my modeling tell, tendencies. Tell me more about your coaching because I know that we're running out of time soon. You have work. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know, I know. We can talk all day. I seriously, I feel like we could talk for like hours. But tell us about your coaching programs a little bit more and then share how people can work with you because I have three really important questions that I ask everyone. So Sweet. So, so super quickly, my, um, <laughs> my coaching program is called Why Wait? And it. it's a W and an infinity sign. It's like, what are we waiting for? Because so often we're waiting for after the kids are older, yep. you know, after I've paid off the house, after, 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 if you're going to be waiting, you're always going to find a reason to wait. Yep. It goes for 10 weeks. We go through the archetypes. Amada is one of them, the procrastinator, the uh, perfectionist, the the victim, the judge, and there's one other, oh, the extremist, the mm-hmm. all or nothing. <laughs> And um, we talk with, about, I live with one of those, <laughs> the seasons of change. The reason it's 10 weeks is I take us through like an artificial season. We start in the spring of planning our intentions. Then we move into the summer of taking the action. And then we have what we call in Australia, the autumn or you guys, the fall we where we harvest. Both. Yes. Oh, you do call it both. And then the winter is the rest either between rounds or some people do one round a year or whatever. Cause it's four rounds a year. I but the love reason... that. Oh, did you make that, that we... up or is that the training that you also went through? No, I made it. Like I've oh, been coaching for five it. years now. And what I, I found it. is originally I had a membership because that's what I was taught to do. And the problem with the membership that's ongoing is when people leave, they kind of just slink out. Like I'm they done. Do. And I'm like, no, no, I want to celebrate. Like you don't have to be with me forever. That's kind of a weird codependency thing. Yeah. Um, not, not knocking anybody who has those tendencies, I should say. But like, I want to celebrate that you are moving on. So hence it's in 10 weeks. And the other thing too is sometimes with an ongoing thing, what should be a celebration graduation becomes a divorce when people stay too long. (laughs) So now there's 10 weeks, you have the option to step into another cycle if you so choose, if it's in your pleasure or not. So um, that's the the program that I run and I absolutely love it for overgivers, people pleasers, martyrs, um, set boundaries, say no, Take care what of about what about for people who are now just recently learning how to set those boundaries and they just need a little bit more like a reminder? Do you have any kind of remedial program? <laughs> no, because the thing is, it's all exactly the same work. So what yeah. uh, the reason I love the program that I teach, I teach it live every single time because I take myself through it every yes. single time because yep. I think so often what you know we tend to go to the next thing because we get excited this is new this is fresh this is fun but then we don't get uncomfortable by doing yeah. the actual work and we go yeah. from spring to spring to spring to spring to winter to winter to winter to winter yes. and it's like the secret to success that's not a secret because I can't stand that word so I don't know why I said it but <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand here's the six steps here's the secret here's the thing you're missing it's so cookie cutter oh um but it's actually doing the doing yes. Um, in a community of people who are also doing the doing and picking what's your focus or intention for this particular 10 weeks. And so anyone, like- so, okay. So anyone who is, you know, just recently starting to establish their own boundaries and they're feeling good can still take this program. Yeah. So it's, it is new, saying. there's yeah. beginners, there's yep. seasoned. I've had OG, I've had people do round after round for three years. I've had people yep. do one round and leave. What, what I love about my program, as I call it the bonfire, we're all there. You can come in or if it's too much, you can kind of go out, but none yep. of us muttering, going, leaving the fire to look for you <laughs> <laughs> and whatever you've got going on you are welcome. Like, I love it. First thing I start every call with, how are you feeling? Some people are like, I'm feeling cantankerous. I'm like, great. Not I'm happy that they're mad, but they're in a space where you can actually say rather than good things. And... Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> good. I'm sure you create that vibe on your, on your calls and in your training. So, all right. Yes. That's good to know because I know a lot of people that I've been working with, um, 
are at that stage where they're like, oh, feeling their boundaries, which is great. And this sounds like it'd be a great program to go jump right in. Yeah, well, my tagline is how to say no without feeling like a bitch. Yeah. Because I really you know, when you start that. that boundaries, it's kind of like, it's really tough, especially like when it's for anyone listening who's like, I've got no boundaries, start with people that don't know you yet. Yes. I um, always say that, like practice yeah. on this person, practice, you know, like, and come up with a, something that might not be altogether truthful. Like, I'm sorry, I have to catch a train. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, oh no. I'm always about being honest. It's so funny because some, some people just, but the can't thing be. is if it's, if you can't be, then you just say, I have a commitment, Yes, but I'd never lie. I'd never say I have to catch a train or whatever. Cause I think that that is building distrust or, or whatever. Yes. Like, well, I've mentioned um, that to my boyfriend cause he usually does have to catch a train, but he's never, he's never willing to say, I can't stay because I would like to go home. Cause I live. No, but the thing is, you know, what's so funny. It's, it's, I'm now like, this is years in the making people. So whatever, if someone invites me to something, I'm like, like, thank you so much for thinking of me, Liz. Yeah. Like, I, I love that. I'm not really into Tupperware, but if you have a candle party, I'm there. And people at the beginning are really affronted or whatever, but other people like, yeah, because otherwise if I say not this time, not this time, and you're forever inviting me, at one point you're going to think Suzanne doesn't care. Suzanne loves you deeply, but she doesn't like plastic. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> random well, example good, that comes to mind. I like that one. All right. So <laughs> we literally blew through this whole interview, which is fabulous. I want to get you to where you need to go. Um I'm going to put all of your contact information in the podcast notes. Um, you can mention how people can get in touch with you, but you don't have to, especially since we don't have a lot of time left. Are you I was going to say SuzanneColberg.com is my website. Um, if you, I'm sure you put it in the notes. If you go to newsletter, that's the best way to get in touch with me. I send about once a week um, a, a newsletter and you can reply to that. Please don't DM me. <laughs> the boundaries woman. I don't like people sliding into my DMs. Do you but hear you can that, email me. <laughs> you can email I'm... me any day of the week because I don't have email on my phone. It's a deliberate thing because I don't want to be attached to my That's phone all the time. Boundaries. Yes, you're setting so, boundaries. Yes. Um, but I love to email and I, I send stuff yesterday. I sent a, a thing about um Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched that, I don't have Apple TV, it. but you know, my, my I bought it just for that and it was the best thing I ever did. <laughs> uh, my celebrity boyfriend wrote the music for the first season. So <gasps> it's fabulous. It's the best show ever. Anywho, I wrote a thing about that, but um I have a lot of uh things. Star Wars, Mandalorian, Harry Potter. Like I take lessons from things I watch and read and turn it into emails. And even if you haven't watched the thing, uh, people are like, Suzanne, stop getting a new passion. It's getting expensive. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's all right. All right. So here are the three questions. Oh, before I, be, all right. Do we have time? Do you have anything else you yep. want to share in the last like five minutes? Before um, I, I just want questions? to say for ed everybody listening, your best gets to get better. Because sometimes when we learn something new or come across a new skill, I know that I used to always beat myself up. <laughs> Marta tendencies. If I'd only I'd known this then or whatever, we are always doing our best. Yep. But our best gets to get better. So just wherever you are now, there's no point looking back and going coulda, shoulda, woulda. Mm -hmm. I did the best I could at the time. And mm -hmm. now I know better. I'm going to do better. So yep. learning new things is actually exciting. Because imagine you're driving down the road and your car's veering to the left and you're like, what is happening? And you get out and you see you have a flat tire. You're like, oh, great. I know what the problem is. I fix the tire and I go off on my merry way. Mm -hmm. Whereas in personal development, we tend to like, oh, I'll beat myself up. I should have fixed that tire. Oh, I should have known. No, 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 no. You've done your best. Now you know what to work on. So when you learn something new, if you see that is I know what to do now or to work on rather than beating ourselves up for not knowing, 
life gets to be so much lighter. With a lot of grace. <laughs> yeah, give yourself a lot of grace and compassion. And that's really important. That's what you try to teach people. Yeah. Give yourself the compassion you so freely give to others. That's right. And for some reason we weren't taught to do that, but now we yes. know better, so we have to do better. <laughs> All right. You ready for the questions? I'm ready. The real ones. <laughs> when you are <laughs> feeling most peaceful, what it is, what is it that you're doing? Reading. Usually reading in the bath. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, um, what book would you recommend your to your clients or to anyone like life-changing book? It's Any got a really weird title. Yeah. It's called Psycho Cybernetics yeah. by Maxwell Maltz. And when it? it was first rected, recommended to me, the title put me off. Yeah. And then it kept getting recommended in different circles. I'm the kind of person when I hear about something three times, then it then I pay you attention. Must. Some yes. magic in threes. Yeah. And anyway, he is or was, he's um passed away now, a plastic surgeon. Yeah. And what he writes about is how people would come to him and being like, once I have the surgery, then like once I okay. um, once you give so me it's along tummy the then. same lines of why wait. Yes. Yeah. But what was fascinating about it is he said there would be people to so say uh, somebody had unfortunately had a car accident or something and he fixed their face. Then then they did have that. They were like, great. And off they went. But somebody like with weight, because I've had my own weight journey. So this is mm-hmm. why I loved it so much. He'd literally hold the pictures to them side by side, like the before and afters. And they'd be like, nothing has changed. I, I, you know, And he's like, you look dramatically differently, but their self-concept and their image inside mm-hmm. was so fixed. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that's like, right. that's why I love why wait, because we think once we lose the weight, make the money, meet the husband, have the kids then. And it's like, no, this is an inside wow. journey. And I've never yeah. seen anybody yeah. articulate it as well as he does. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. And our last question before we say goodbye and you get your butt to work is if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? I was the, the very first answer is funny exactly what I do now you yeah. know but it's like today Most say that yeah <laughs> like I would I, I've got the Maldives beach you know book at the beach absolutely love the water I currently live inland so yeah. my dream is um to move back to the water not necessarily Maldives I'm Australian but um yeah, I, I someone sent me recently the story of the Selkie. I don't know if you've heard that. And then basically sea loving and then took it away from the water and they shed the skin and become a woman and stuff. I was like, oh, maybe that's why I'm always called to the water. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, anything by the water, I am totally there. And it's so funny because of conditioning and weight and history, I used to struggle because it's like, oh, I can't wear bathers or swimmers or whatever you guys call it. But now I've reached a point, you know, hanging skin, stretch marks, whatever. I don't mind. I love the water. Um, Whatever people think is theirs. So why wait? It's their issue. (laughs) It's truly their issue. We just can't let it get to us. Like it's yeah. Be happy with where you are right now. Why, you know? Yeah. So I'm all for the water in any way, shape or form. I love that. I love the ocean. I'm not that far from the ocean. I could be closer. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, we're an hour and a half here. So it's, we don't see it a lot. (laughs) I'm probably about 45 minutes to an hour away from this, the coastline. So. Yeah. Oh, in Australia, I suppose anything, you know, because a lot of it is coastal and I grew up coastal in this current place that we're living. Yeah. But, you know, we'll get back there. You will. You will. It's been so nice to get to know you and to talk with you. And I want to thank you again so very much for coming on so quickly. Um, your episode is releasing tomorrow. Um, oh, <laughs> exciting. That's cool. 
I've got some work to do. Um, I will send this to you, but everyone else, this is Suzanne Kohlberg, and I will put all of her um, notes and information in the podcast notes so you can get to know her as well as I do and maybe access some of her offerings. Thank you again so very much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye everyone. And I'll be back um, in just a sec. Hey there, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? Maybe you should join Tamara on her journey to self. She shares her stories and encourages you to share yours. Exploring who you are outside of your limiting beliefs and insecurities. Again, the podcast is called Her Journey to Self with Tamara. Give it a listen. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye. Bye.